All right, good morning, good morning, River City. If you guys want to make your way to your seats, good morning. All right, so we are so happy to have you. If you're watching online and our live stream, thank you for joining us this way. If it's your very first time, go ahead and leave your name in the comment section. We would love to give you a proper greeting. So today is Contemplative Sunday, which means we're going to make some space just to really be in the presence of God and just hear what he has to say to us. So before we begin our psalm, I'd love for you just to take a deep breath and just... Begin to settle and posture your heart. We do this with the staff before we start service. Shake off whatever morning you had. Lower your distractions. And so this morning we're going to jump into our lectionary passage. And if you would, put your body where your theology is and stand with me for the reading of the word. And so the psalmist says... Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God, and I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. The drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup, and you hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. And I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. And in your presence there is the fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, Father God, As we come before you, we are a diverse people. For some of us, this week has been wonderful and exciting and light. For, other, for others of us, it's been heavy. It's been laden with sorrow and grief. But God, we just thank you that we serve a God that says that pleasure is our portion forevermore. that there is goodness and that our souls can rest secure and so Father God we just come to rest in your presence this morning we lay our burdens at your feet and we pick up a banner of praise God God we choose to be a prophetic people this morning who lead by joy who lean into the promise of who you are, even if we can't see it today. God, we trust your goodness, and we praise you in anticipation to see it. We praise you so that we can open our eyes so that it's already there. So we love you. We leave it all at your feet this morning. And in your 
holy son's name we pray. Amen. God, we thank you that you are both the God of the beginning and the end, and you're also the God that's present with us in the middle. So as we enter into prayers of the people and we present things before you and intercede that speak to the reality of being in the middle, may we be reminded that you are the God of the middle. As we wait and long for the day where all of us are face to face with eternity with you, may we remember that you are with us in the middle. We pray for the Universal Church, its members, and its mission. We pray specifically right now for the 66 believers at a Baptist church that were kidnapped in Nigeria two weeks ago and are still being held hostage. Two of them have lost their lives so far. God, we pray that you would just set them free. We pray that the kidnappers being in the mere presence of your children would come to know you and that they would turn their heart towards you and that they would be free. Would you be with them, send your spirit to comfort them. We pray for the church in Myanmar that's being pretty intentionally attacked based off the political unrest two Catholic churches set fire and attack just within the last couple of days. God, would you, would you immobilize your church in Myanmar in such a way that there's no coup and there's no, there's no protest, there's no political power that could shut it down? Would you empower and mobilize the church? Would you do and be the God of the middle of the right now for them? We pray for the world and all those in it. We specifically pray for the migrants, the immigrants in Poland, trying to get into Poland and Belarus, who are suffering immensely because it's so cold. And the politics and the back and the forth and the reason why they're not being let into safety. God, I thank you that you are a God that is for the refugee and for the immigrants. And so would you just meet them in their freezing cold? Would your spirit bring warmth to them that there would be no more hypothermia that they're battling? But would you move on the hearts of the people, even the citizens of Poland and Belarus, that they would have compassion for those who are just on the other side of their border. Provide them, would you send manna day in and day out from the clouds that would sustain their physical bodies? Would they come to know you by the way that you supernaturally provide for them? And would all ego and narcissism and political um, agendas be set aside that we would love our neighbor well. God, we thank you that you are the God of the middle and the right now. That you don't just plug in at the beginning and the end and then disappear for the mess, but you are in the mess and we will see your faithfulness. 
pray for the concerns of this local community and all those who suffer in it. We continue to pray for the Master's family. We thank you for the service yesterday and the testimony of Wanda's life and those who gathered, but we just continue to pray for her community of people, and it was large. God, would you be with them as we enter into a season that often brings people together and promotes celebration. And I, even for those who are grieving outside of the masters where holidays don't bring up joy, it brings up the reminder of who's not present in this season. Would you be near to those who are in grief in the midst of holiday season? Who are dreading time with family because it's a reminder of what isn't or who isn't present would you remind them and be with them and would you put those people on the hearts of the of us at river city church that we would love them intentionally and love them well and god we proclaim and we declare you are the God of the Alpha and the Omega, and you are with us in the middle, and your faithfulness will remain. And we will see your goodness in the land of the living. There's nothing that you start that you do not finish. And so we declare that this morning, and we speak it to our flesh. If our flesh is fighting it, we declare to our flesh that is true. lifted higher than every other name. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I have been able to recognize this week that it's good when you can say thanks and recognize the things that you're thankful for, especially when seasons are heavy. So there's two things I want to say thank, thanks to. One of them is watching online, and it's Eric Orr, who, I don't know if you know Eric, but Eric and Julie, just a great part of our community. So I got to spend some time with Eric on th Thursday, I think, and as I sat with him, I was sitting with someone who was, their heart was very for Jesus in a way that when I was, when I left his presence and company, I felt like a literal weight had been lifted. I think, I, so I recognize how valuable that is for me to be around someone who really desires and loves to be with Jesus and loves other people well. And so Eric came, and I felt like I was preached to in a good way. Like it was just a great time. And then yesterday at um, the Master's kind of night celebration, I don't know what it's called. It was at their house, and I got to spend some time with Chris's grandmother. And I never remember her name, but her name is Sister Butts. And that's, that's a real thing, so... And she, so I spent about an hour with her, and I think I was prayed over four times. Um, I was encouraged more than that, and I recognized that as I was talking with her, she is a massive gift. And I don't know if anybody knows her, but she's just that way. And so I wanted to start today by saying it's good to recognize the things that God has given you that maybe you don't recognize all the time. Of course, there are things that are heavy, right? Like racial reconciliation, like the broken relationships we have in our own lives, like people who are sick in body, sick in spirit, people who are 
struggling mentally, people who are losing jobs. All of these things are very real, but it does not mean we cannot be thankful for what God is doing. And I think if we can step into more of a thankful space, not a fake space, I think that can build some things that we need. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for you this morning. I'm thankful that as you walked in, I was excited to see all of you, excited to hug some of you, excited to joke around with some of you. Not everybody wants a hug. I recognize that. So that was nothing personal. More about me. So, so amen. Anybody have anything to be thankful for today? Just give me a little, one of these, one of these, this, that. Cool. All right. We've been in our pots, which is prayers of the season. This is the last one that we haven't really talked about yet. Next week, we're going to kind of circle around to another one. But so we've talked through spiritual formation. This is really kind of the basis of our church, what we believe to be. We always kind of believe that we should be equipping the saints. We should be growing deeper into the heart of Christ. We should be comfortable with the spiritual disciplines. We should understand that these spaces help create connection with Jesus and gives him room to work in our lives. We understand that hearts to serve, it's not just about getting volunteers, but hearts as a whole church to serve, which comes out of formation. It's not separate from that. We understand that looking outward clearly is a part of the gospel of Jesus. Like that's His mission was always looking outward while walking with the disciples in formation. We understand that a culture of generosity you've heard about so much now. It's actually kind of a switch. Who's recognized a little bit of a switch in the way we've been talking about giving in the last two months? Just raise your hand if you have. Amen. We've, we've made a conscious effort to do that. We've also talked about next generation investment, which, of course, like if we're, I think Nancy mentioned this, if we're not willing to prepare that next generation, then we're really kind of setting them up to not do well. So that's a big effort in our church, right? And so the last one is racial reconciliation that we're going to talk about, and I want to read you the pot. So we do a thing where we create a pot, uh, prayer of the season, specifically, and this came through our body, through what we were sensing God was saying to do, and then we write it out so we have something to pray and not just think about. And so this is what it says. Lord, we thank you that you are the ultimate reconciler, and we believe that your desire for the body of Christ is one that honors your image and all of your people. So open our eyes, ears, and minds to the ways we have constructed an unequal society and stir in our spirits a desire to make meaningful change in this generation of believers. Give us the strength to challenge our practices, preferences, and assumptions that we might model true unity in this body and move the world, move the world around us towards reconciliation with one another and in you. Everybody said amen. amen. So I want to start by saying talking about anything like this has to be built around a concept of humility. Right? And if you want to hear about the heart of Christ, one of the first things that I think you would hear is humility. And so I think if you recognize any, if you're somebody who's ever studied revivals, like I went to a seminary where we talked about things like Azusa Street and Welsh Revival. If you're somebody who's ever studied anything like that, anything, any big move of God, either singularly in a person or corporately, has come on a bed of humility, of not, we have all the answers, listen, but we are in desperate need. We need you. Humility and prayer are kind of like this to me because prayer is also that. Prayer is saying, I am not able to do this on my own. So I'm continually, a person that prays without ceasing is continually inviting God into the world that they live, right? Continually interceding in a way that brings Jesus in, and that is humility. 
But I want to read you a quote on humility as we talk about this today so that we can maybe, maybe hear what God was trying to say to the original church, to his disciples in the Old Testament. I even think throughout the Old Testament without the lens of Christ yet, he's still saying similar things. So do you have the humility quote, Bill? So this is, I just want to pray this over us. Lord, we pray for the heart position of humility. Humility in such a way that we do not cheapen our own worth or value within, but that we take the alignment that we are here for a greater purpose than just our own gain. We pray that you will highlight to us what, is truly, what it truly means to live a humble life and that our own worth will be revealed by your light. It is only then that we may truly live in freedom and right standing, for we will hold our own value correctly. Lord, we welcome you to mold and secure our hearts in true humility by your lead. In Jesus' name, amen. And all God's people said? Amen. amen. Now I want to read you um, Acts 2, 1 through 13. Many of you have read this before. Who already knows what this is about? Nobody? Cool, cool, cool. So we're going to focus on Scripture for the next season. We are getting to that soon. So this is, I, I heard about this all the time growing up, right? This was a passage that our family really understood. At seminary, this is a passage we really broke down, and I think I typically see it one way, but I want to bring you into another way to see it. So I'm going to read it first. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. So get that in your head, right? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered. Because each one heard them speaking in their native language. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? Or also, they shouldn't be speaking this. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia... Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene. I can't believe I just got through that. If I wouldn't have said that, y'all would have thought I was smarter than I am. But now y'all know. (laughs) Dang it. So, okay. And Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with the new wine. Right? That's the end of that. But it's not the end. So this is what I want to talk about just for a moment. So what I think we hear when we hear this, or what I've heard when I hear this, is that God is powerful and he moves on his people. And he wants to fill everybody with the Spirit. And that's not bad. That's not a bad read of this text. But there are deeper things happening in this text. A little bit of context. About 120 people have been seeking and waiting. So get this in your mind. In a place called the what? The upper room. Yeah? Okay. So they're waiting and praying because the Holy Spirit was promised. They don't even know what that means yet. They're praying 
and waiting, and all the while that's happening, God is drawing people towards this feast of Pentecost. So on this day, there happens to be people from all over that are coming together to celebrate together. At least 15 different linguistic groups. Like this is a gathering of tons of people. And then when it starts, it's God who starts it. So here's my question though. Is this a story about the power of tongues? Or is this a story about what God wants to do with people who are broken and in need? Because if you try and duplicate the we're going to get God's power with power, it ain't happening. Like we don't just gather and just claim it and do it and everybody shut your mouth and let's go. There has to be a collection of people and there always is a collection of people who are willing to sit and wait and pray and not figure out what's going to happen. And even when the power comes, this is the part we miss. Other languages are spoken. Other languages that are actual already. You know there's like 8,000 languages? And like 50 languages are on the verge of dying right now because less than 50 people speak it. Did y'all know that? Maybe I'm the last one to learn this. Like linguistics. Like it's a very broad thing, right? The Bible's not even translated in nearly half of those, right? Right, so I don't even know why I just said that, but I'm just going to keep going, right? That's good. Thank you. There he is, everybody. Jason. He's in the house. Oh, I know what I was saying. So these people are waiting and praying, dependent, humble. What does God want us to do? How How will the Spirit surface? And the initial evidence of God showing up is... They're given a language to speak that somebody already speaks. But the new language is the gospel language. So this is what we think. They need to start speaking our language before we love them well. And he's teaching people through the Spirit to literally speak other languages so that they understand. So this is not just about the day that God spoke a bunch through people, but this is the day that God helped people hear clearly. How important would it be for you to hear clearly the gospel where you are? How important would it be to be a people who are willing to stand in the spot of speaking the gospel even to people we don't understand? In their language. Now, we don't specifically deal with that all the time. But there are ways that others speak languages that we're unwilling to do, right? So what if the power of the Holy Spirit is so humble that it gives you the ability to completely learn where someone else is so that that message can actually be clear to them? What if it's more about listening for us? What if the gospel is about us learning to listen so that when the moment comes, the Spirit's power can give that message that's given here that I'm not going to read, but it's a sermon forever, the gospel of Jesus The Jesus that reconciled all, and it's reconciling us to him. And it's the reason why we actually become reconcilers, because we've been reconciled to him. So there's there's a story in each of us about how. My hope is, if it's not there, I would like to pray with you that it becomes your story, that you've been reconciled to Jesus in such a way that you've come to life so that when Eric Orr comes and visits me, 
That can happen through all of us. I can hear the gospel through the way that you speak because you're seeing me, you're loving me, and you care deeply about people being reconciled to Jesus. This is what I think is happening that day. They're hearing it in their own language. So there's a few things I want to do, and we're going to do something very different today. Can you guys just do something very different with me today? Yeah. <laughs> this is like, you're like, well. <laughs> so what if like tongues of fire appeared over everyone's head? That's, I can't plan that. I don't have that planned for today, right? Tina's like, but, but God can do it. Amen? Look at her. Yeah, it's good. So we're going we're gonna to actually let people break off into groups. Ah! <laughs> and if you just don't want to do that, that's okay, but it's good. And if you're brand new to the church, you don't have to do that. We actually provide a Kara for you right here. She's going to answer questions about the church in the back. But we're just going to ask you to talk about things like if the body of Christ, which you're going to hear in a second, is called to reconciliation. That's literally a calling for us. Reconciliation. It's not a, when you desire to do this, it's a call that we all bear. We are reconcilers. We don't get to choose exactly what that looks like, but we know we are called to be reconcilers, which means when we are dominating others and not listening, we are not reconciling. It does not hurt to listen to someone, even if you know that they're 100% wrong and you are 100% right. There's nothing bad that's going to come from that. You're 100% right, they're 100% wrong. Listen more. Let them just travel through it. Have you ever been in a conversation where you're like, this is, this is just nonsense? And, and then you tell them, this is nonsense. And it goes really well, right? <laughs> How many times do you speak nonsense but don't recognize it until you're four years older? Think back, think back on those conversations where someone has been listening to you Speak something that you're just so certain of that you then realize, actually, I was really ignorant. Thank God for those people, right? Thank God for the people who are willing to let us talk through our immaturity all through our lives. That's the body of Christ. The body of Christ, listen well. Receive information well. Carry it as if you want to hear, not just to speak back. Loved what you said, Julie. All of it was wrong. That's not the way it goes, right? The corresponding connecting thing that we all carry, whether God wants to show up again and give me a new language to speak, whether that's tongues of angels, tongues of men, whether it's whatever it is, the, the language we all carry is the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus has to be central, has to be right in the middle of this room, and has to be right in the middle of our hearts and our lives, or it will not be built out. And if it's that, through the power of the Spirit, if we're willing to wait on the Spirit's power with the Jesus we already know, because they already knew him, right? If we're willing to do those two things, then he gets to decide what it looks like. We just respond. I mean, think about that. They didn't really do a ton. They didn't think through, all right, now he, did, he had tongues of flames land over his head. i got to figure out how to do that. That didn't come into play. It was trust. It was prayer. It was humility. It was dependence. Like this hunger for God without knowing exactly what it's going to look like. When people are hungry for God, which confuses me. I used to feel such shame when people at youth camps would say, you got to get hungry for God. And it's like, dude, I'm either hungry or I'm not. Like, I'm either hungry or I'm not, and if I just ate, I'm not. And spiritual hunger for me, I just can't make it happen, right? Yeah. 
So when I hear about hunger, I'm like, okay, let's get hungry for God. But that doesn't work. Just be like, be hungry, right? There has to be a fostering of those things. So the spiritual disciplines that we're talking about, working towards reconciliation, if there's not space created and given back to God that you don't control but that he has access to, these things will not be fostered. Talk about racial reconciliation. It's impossible to do without the reconciliation of Jesus. I personally believe it is a social issue and a spiritual issue, and it is very real. I believe there are systems and structures set up that do not help some people groups and help other people groups. I believe that to be true, but I'm not willing to step away from Jesus to have the conversations. Jesus is the only reason I can even make it through a whole day without being a complete idiot. Literally, dad, husband, son, pastor, friend, any of it. I cannot do it without him. It is impossible for me. It, it becomes a show at that point. So dependence has to be there. And then, yes, if you're the people of Jesus, not only do we need to be having the conversation about racial re- reconciliation, we're literally called to it. It does no one any good to pretend like it's not there or to act like it doesn't affect our culture. It does nothing except for harm people groups. So even right now, what I recognize, I actually wrote down, here's where someone will feel like, actually, no, this is not real. It's not a thing. It's, I want to ask you, in the spirit of humility, to present your heart to the Father and say, is there any way within me that might not have this right? Because what if you don't? And what if there are people when they're near us that feel the weight of what it feels like to walk in privilege and they are literally receiving the opposite? What if is enough for me, right? And I don't like shame. I don't like the feeling of knowing when I'm caught in something. I hate when I have to apologize. I have to do that a lot. I have to apologize to my kids too much for just sports alone, just to that conversation. Sorry, I was an idiot. My kids now are like, I understand that's what you struggle with, Dad. I'm like, my kids shouldn't have to be dealing with that. That's stupid. I need to be a big boy and celebrate my kids. I hate having to be like, I did this, because then I have to recognize, oh, I actually did that. I was the dad screaming at them. I'm the guy who didn't recognize that when I went to seminary, I had a connection with somebody who was president of the school, and even though I didn't have a college or high school education and was in rehabilitation my whole high school career, I was actually connected with the overseer of the entire denomination, so I was able to get into that school like that and had somebody following me around in the school, while other people from other countries would show up and have to work to be there. At that, to- at that point, I was thinking, man, I'm blessed. There's things in place that help some people and don't help other people. So when I see that, I say, I thank you, Jesus, that we get the ministry of reconciliation and I get to be a part of listening better and possibly saying sorry for things that make me feel ashamed. But that's a good thing, right? The body of Christ. What a gift it is to be a part of the body of Christ, Do our neighbors know that? If you were to say to a neighbor, pick one of them, any of the houses around you, do you see Jesus in me? What would they say? I like it. I don't... Yeah. We're going to do this conversation right now here. (laughs) Okay, Brooke. (laughs) 
Let's push pause on this conversation until after. I love you. It's okay. I like the statements, but the, the conversation is hard. It's hard for me to get back into it. I love you. Is it as awkward for y'all as it is for us now? Cool. So back to the question. This question should not induce shame as much as what would happen? Would they say, who is Jesus? Or would they say, is this the Jesus of the cultural America? Would they say, I see you serving people well. It seems like you care. What would they say? What are we representing? And how are we bringing reconciliation? How is that happening what are our kids walking in? I can always tell a conversation from a couple kids that are talking. I can tell you exactly what their families believe. Get two 13-year-olds together and listen to the most brilliant political conversation you've ever heard. And I can just tell you exactly what the dinner table is like. Right? So here's the deal. I pray that I am a Christian that wants to be humble before God that wants to assume that I might be wrong before I assume that you're wrong. I pray that I would submit fully to how Jesus wants to use me in every ministry of reconciliation, even if it means people will walk away from me because of it. I pray that I would wait until God gives me wisdom when I feel like I have a nugget of wisdom. I also pray that I would recognize the truth about what's happening in our society. There is something to look at. There is something to look at. Avoiding doesn't help. There are so many issues that the church wants to avoid right now that we just can't because they're happening. And it doesn't do anybody any good to sit here and not discuss them. We're called to a ministry of reconciliation. You can pull this passage up. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 19. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So I'm going to say that one more time. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. That is very specific. I mean, that's like too specific. We've, and I know that there's a way to look at that where it's just like, yeah, I'm just called to tell people about Jesus. We're not called just to Jesus. We're called to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. So reconciliation cannot just be me and Jesus. It has to happen there. And in that joy of what I've found in this Jesus, it should be coming from me. What comes in me comes out of me. If I'm not receiving reconciliation for my, myself, I can't be giving that. That's why I always say Jesus has to be the center of this conversation. I know it's not socially fun right now in cultural Christianity on either side, but leaving Jesus out of the conversation is not helpful either. It's just not. We don't have the strength and power that he wields to be able to walk ourselves up to a cross, put ourselves on it, and say, I'm dying right now for everyone. We need access to that kind of humility which we have access through the Spirit. And that's a good thing, right? Amen? All right. So, consider this. The day that this happened, the day that Acts, this, this passage happened, 
This group of people, the Azusa Street Revival, many of you know about this. 19th, there's denominations built on the Azusa Street Revival, right? Study the history of how this started. This started with an African-American community seeking God and praying in homes. And then an African-American preacher preaching the gospel. And it turned into like a hundred denominations across the globe. And then we messed it up because we decided in about the 20s that we would rather it not include all people again. So they separated it again. This is how these things start. Small groups, inclusive of everyone. Not that we don't see color. We do see color, and we celebrate the heck out of it. Right? And you can pull up this passage in Revelation. Actually, you can pull up this quote. Do you have the quote or no? Journey with Jesus? You don't. I'm going to read you this. If you guys are looking for a weekly devotional, Journey with Jesus has become one of my favorites. I love the the writing. I love the art. This is what it says. At its best, this new community of spirit celebrates, incorporates, and then transcends barriers of race, social stratification, and economics, ethnicity, language, and gender, diversity without division, and unity without uniformity, ought to characterize the Jesus community. So it's not necessarily good to say we don't see color, but that we celebrate it. Pentecost and the birth of the new unified but diverse Jesus community thus reverses the curse of the Tower of Babel. Boom. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. In those first pages of the Bible, language divided humanity in a cacophony of confusion. In the last pages of the Bible, the new community that began at Pentecost culminates in a linguistic extravaganza. That's fun to say. Of a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Revelation 7, 9. In that heavenly vision, all the languages known, all language groups will complete the unity of all humanity rather than destroy it. So we ask God to give us the ability not just to speak, but to hear. What if Pentecost is the gift of hearing What if this is an opportunity for us to listen more? And so in the spirit of Pentecost, we're going to allow you to spend a few minutes with some people and just answer a few questions like, what would it look like for the body of Christ to have mercy in this area? What would it look like for the body of Christ to bring humility to this? And so there's a few people, and if you're here and you're one of the people I've asked to be a part of this, if you can just... You already have your sign. If you don't, go get it. Go ahead and go to your area. If you're new, please do not freak out. It's like a double whammy today. But in the back at this table, anyone at this table in the back, if you could stand, there's going to be a group that's going to come over there, new people. You're going to spend some time with Kara. And then everyone else, you can go to one of these leads. It's going to be awkward, but that's good. They're going to hold up their sign. And then when seven people come... Go to another group. Does that make sense? All right, so on the count of three, and a one, and a two, and a three, you can go to a group. Sarah's in the back. We have Nancy and Alex over here. We have Becca right here. We have Julie right here. We have Tina right here. We have Mariah right here. We have Jen Pinto right here. We have Bill Pinto over here. 
When you get to eight, move to the next one. New people in the back right corner, if you'd like to ask questions. And all God's people said? <laughs> the groups that are ready. All right, we're going we're gonna to officially do an official hard stop right here with space, if you would like to continue. If you wouldn't, that's okay. All right, we're not going to sing the doxology today. You're going to sing it in your heart. Amen. I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing over you, okay? So you can keep going, but I'm just going to pray for those who are waiting for me to pray. So Jesus, I thank you so much that you're present with us, God, and that you've been with us today, and that you've started the conversations of reconciliation singularly and then corporately. Help us to be a body that steps into this and lives it. Help us to be reconcilers with the ministry of reconciliation. I pray that each person as they step out of this church today senses the warmth that you bring. I pray that we would invite you into every space, Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us. And I thank you for each human here. It's such a gift. Each person, bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys so much. Hallelujah. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.